Warning, the guest episodes on License for Love are experiences, expertise, and views of their own. The diversity duo is in no way liable for actions or advice one takes in their daily life from our guests. Our purpose is to give everyone a voice to be understood, not necessarily agreed with. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels Harris. The heartbeat in relationship conversation. Sexy, beautiful, let your hair. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jackson. I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris, and we are continuing our Thankfully Living Your Why series. And this episode is called A Butterfly's Wings. But before we get into that, Doc, how the hell are you? I'm great because great. already can, you're, can, make, you're making me. Uh, look really good thank you oh well i i don't know how i'm doing that but uh you're welcome oh no worries so, how are uh, you how are you oh i'm okay um I'm, mm. I'm i'm doing good um obviously we're we're so deep into the holidays it's kind of crazy we're not even to thanksgiving yet and every ad that i see on the tv is for christmas what do you think about that that's kind of crazy well, not really, because I've been seeing them since well, before Veterans Day. I mean, Christmas went up here in Chicago probably around four weeks ago. I mean, the city lights, everything, everything. Oh, I bet it's beautiful up there right now, isn't it? It is. We had snow earlier this week. It's kind of melted, but it was it was nice. It was inspiring. But... I get what you're saying about Christmas everywhere. It's, it seems like it gets earlier every year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I I didn't think I'd start seeing Christmas ads the way that I'm seeing them already. So it's been kind of crazy. Yep. The old pocketbook. Yeah. That's what it's so, about. It's, uh, uh, what What is your take on the... Uh, on the holidays do you get yours in early do you wait till last minute are you the guy in there on christmas eve nope i have already started i do most of mine online except for uh you know the jewelry pieces that i have to get from my husband every year um but for the most part i'm i'm halfway finished wow yeah that's really cool i um I get nervous because I know that there's the Cyber Monday thing. I know that there's the, um, you know, the Black Friday. Like I do a lot of mine online now. That way I don't have to deal with people. But Thank then you. there's like the, you know, there's that whole deal of going out and getting the deals at the stores and stuff like that. And so, you know, I, I kind of like, I'm, I'm almost like a foot in, a foot out, a foot in, a foot out. Like, when do I want to finish? When am I going to get the best deal? You know, that sort of thing. So, uh, I'm not saying I'm a procrastinator. I start thinking about gifts earlier in the year, but I definitely don't wrap them up, you know, by October, November kind of thing. So if you, you're going to go to the actual stores, some, of I, I do sometimes I, you know, it just depends on like the yeah, gifts that I'm looking for, you know, yeah. stocking stuffers, that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you what, this year. If I, if I have enough time to order one and it can get here, I'm going to do that. But I, I'm going out in a beekeeper suit. 
I'm not just going with a mask. I ain't playing with it. I'm not trying to go into 2023 with the big C, COVID. <laughs> I'm not. And I have to travel a crap load as it is. So, yes, I will be covered like a harem woman you, or man. Do you have a beekeeper, Sue? No, but I'm, I really am thinking about procuring one. How do you go about doing that? Order it online. You can get a beekeeper, Sue, yes. online. I know that for a fact because I had a beekeeper on one of my bathrobe moment shows a couple of years ago, and he was telling me all about it. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, you know, today is interesting because um, I chose the title A Butterfly's Wings. And I don't know if you're familiar with this theory, but there's a thing called the butterfly effect. Um, yep. And the idea is that small things can have nonlinear impacts on complex systems. And I knew that that would be right up your alley. So, what are some things that you can think of that may have been a butterfly effect in your life? Why don't you start? Oh, no, I don't. I don't ever. Well, start. because you had time to think about it. You just threw it on <laughs> me just now. Um, I would say one of the pivotal moments for me in my life was uh, when I got injured when I was in the Army. Well, the one before that would be September 11th, right? Oh, yeah. Because I was, you know, fast-tracking to get my bachelor's degree, double majored in philosophy and military science. I was going to go to law school. So I would definitely say a, a butterfly effect moment for me was September 11th. And then not too long after that, another butterfly effect moment was when I got hurt when I was in the military. Yep. Um, because that specific moment was definitely another complete change in the trajectory of my life. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. That's where mine was. Would you say was. Brian for you was a butterfly effect moment? Yeah. In a way. But... That's not the one that stands out now. The one that stands out now, believe it or not, and you triggered it, thank you very much, was um, actually the MST that, oh, I, yeah. that I experienced in the military because here we are 40 years later and it's still running around like a bull in a china factory. Mm -hmm. How are you doing with that if you want to share with myself and the listeners if you don't like we can you know we completely understand but but how are you doing with that because you've you've had to re-navigate some of that recently well in the last year I, you know i had really forgotten about it or i didn't see it for what it was i had filed it under what they called it back in the day and just figured i don't know what i figured i had buried it but you know they they um found it in my files because you know i go and uh i see the therapist through the va every month without fail and he was snooping around in my file and found it and said hey tell me about this and when i finished this was over a year ago that's when he goes well why aren't you service connected and i was like ow and he goes dude this is like totally wrong this should have never happened or it was totally mishandled. And so they opened it back up and 
um, you know, they, they were clearly wrong, uh, as we now know because they granted me 70% service connection, but, um, we're back in there now because some of the other things that have come up as a result of bringing that up and they said, go back. We think you should be 100%. I don't know if that's true or not, or if it will happen, but I had my first appointment this week, yesterday, actually. Uh, in the community, they sent me to someone and uh, yeah, and I have another phone thing coming up on December 1st. So I'll let you know as it progresses. But yeah, that was a huge one. You know, trauma, no matter how it presents itself, is a very fickle thing, you know, because I've learned in my therapy over the course of the last few years that there's these residual impacts that we that we carry and that residual impact is post-traumatic stress disorder and one of the epiphanies that i had recently was is i i really used to not like the word disorder right but then when i was thinking about it in therapy as we were unpacking it i was like well it absolutely is a disorder because uh, traditionally in your life like things are in an orderly fashion of the way that you want to emotionally process things in a healthy way. And what that disorder means is that those abilities are out of order, meaning that I could just be watching a show and if this guy, you know, hits his his wife in the face, it could immediately trigger me to think about, you know, my mom being abused when I was growing up or you know, in your case, if you're, you know, watching a commercial and it's like, hey, if you've been sexually abused, dial 1-800, blah, blah, blah. Like it can take you back to that specific moment because of that residual impact. And, and what I'm learning is, is that means that those emotions are out of order. They're, they're not handled in a functional way because they're, they're not categorically lined up in the way that you would emotionally process and I think that's what makes PTSD um, very fascinating um, because it, it is either a, a temporary or an actual imprint on the brain. But of course, you know, obviously that's another episode. Um, well, but I nobody, appreciate you sharing that with us. I think that's that's super important. Well, it is. And also, Doc, I just want to wait. I just want to say this. Oh yeah. Another do. thing about the PTSD thing is you don't know what it's doing. It's not like it knocks on your front door and says, hi, my name is PTSD. And um, when this shit falls apart, uh, you can thank me, send me, send a thank you card to this address. No, you, you, I had no idea that it leads to so many other things or prevents you from believing in or doing or feeling worthy of so many other things. I had no, I just thought it was me that I had decided at age 23 that dating and all that crap was not for me. I had no idea that my being alone, completely alone, not a date, not a boyfriend, nothing, for 36 years would have been connected to what happened that fateful day in the Air Force. Man. I had no idea. I'm still just, just finding it out for a minute, you know, just to sit with that is like, it's so profound. Yeah. I really just thought that I was not 
wired for a relationship. I wasn't. I just, I, I would have been just as happy to go to my grave alone and would have not even thought another thing about it. Oh, I, I just... I just love that. I, I love the transparency in that. I love the vulnerability in that. Well, interestingly enough, um, as we're talking about PTSD and, and different things like that through the scope of, you know, many different formulations of how it can arrive, um, our guests today uh, definitely went through a butterfly effect, which was, you know, a car accident and coming out from the other side of that. Um, you know, amazing things have transformed uh, from that butterfly effect since, you know, today's episode being called A Butterfly's Wings. So, you know, me and my little laptop here or my iPad, um, I wanted to take a look at how serious car injuries really can be, either even from a fatality point of view. And interestingly enough, the NHTSA.gov uh, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration today says that an estimated 20,175 people died in motor traffic crashes, which is an increase from last year of 0.5%. So to me, that was mind-blowing. You know, we, we think about, you know, we hear about people being in car accidents all the time. I've even been in a few of my own, but... Yeah to really look at when you walk away, how fortunate you are to be able to walk away is crazy. It is. I've only been in one uh, accident. It was Halloween nine years ago. Well, the girl in front of me, a semi, there were three semi accidents right in the same stretch. We could look ahead and see one, look across the highway and see one. And then we were in one. And uh, cause you could not see a blizzard came out of nowhere. And the girl in front of me was 16 and she died. So my car hit her and another car hit me. And then the semi hit all of us. And it was so quick and it was so loud. That sound, it's that sound and the way everything changes in an instant. And it took three years before I was willing to drive on anything other than a surface street. I would, it would take me hours to go someplace if I had to get on a highway or freeway. No way. Mm -mm. Which brings me to my next point um, at Virginia injurylawyers.com, um, how can you be affected mentally? A major car accident can cause PTSD, Ugh. extreme anxiety, depression, and debilitating phobias, like what you're talking about. Yeah. And then AICCA.com says, in some cases, accident victims may experience personality changes that do not end up as a result of physical injuries to the brain. So there's actually some psych psychological effects that can happen there, either you know temporary or or, uh, or permanently. So when we come back, we're going to talk to someone um, who actually went through something pretty serious, and uh, we'll talk about their butterfly effect or a butterfly's wings right after this. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jacks. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. 
your product, your service, your message. Let's ride. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jackson. I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. And today's episode is called A Butterfly's Wings. And the series is called Thankfully Living Your Why. But before we get our guest in here, Doc, do you have a little ditty on him? I do. Today's guest, Ann Witt, W-H-I-T-T. She is an Army retired veteran turned independent music artist, or should I say artiste. She's currently producing her certificate or pursuing Oh, maybe she's going to produce some music too. We'll find out. But she's currently pursuing her certificate at the Musicians Institute. MIT. Oh, my goodness. I know that place well. I had roommates that went there. Right. Okay. As an independent artist. Yay. She's a songwriter. And she's been using her mental health journey to create songs that relate to so many of us. Now, Anne wants to create music by using our words, thoughts, feelings, and everything in between to show that we can come out of the darkness and make something beautiful. She's also passionate about sharing her stories and our stories through various forms of creativity and music. And this is the next step on her journey. And she says that she cannot wait to help all the rest of us create our own songs of hope and light and wit. Welcome to the show, Anne. How are you? Hey guys, thank you so much for having me on. What an honor to be amongst you gentlemen. Oh, I, I, we'll, we'll see how you feel at the end of the show, but that's a very sweet sentiment. Um, <laughs> so, Anne, uh, you know, our guests are always backstage and we sort of have a rite of passage here as, you know, the doc and I are unpacking our perspectives of things. Um, some of those things that you heard about the statistics from you know, the car accident piece and, you know, the residual effects. Did you experience any of those kinds of things? And if so, uh, kind of walk us through what some of that might have been like for you. Yeah. So as I was listening to you read those statistics, it just, it, it breaks my heart. And I, and just listening to what you went through, Dr. Harris, and then just what I went through, you just, no one can prepare you for that, you know? And, and it's, it took me, it took me months, not years, because I had no other option to get back on the road to drive. And, but still, even now, there's like, if my son's driving, I'll tell my son, slow down. And he's like, I'm not even going fast. But it's just one of those knee jerk reactions where I, I stress out, I freak out. And um, I, I guess it just never, it doesn't go away. And, and it's just heartbreaking to hear um, that there's lives that are being lost and that I, I, by the grace of God, survived mine. Yeah. So a couple of things. Number one, you're you're still feeling the residual effects. And how long ago has the accident been to date? Four years. Four years ago. Wow. Yes. Okay. And then if you could take us back to what you were like before the accident, because you know, the whole idea of the thankfully living your why is that you inadvertently this accident ends up being a blessing in disguise so what what were you like before like what what was going on in your life and and uh, what what how how was life different prior to the accident so i was 
I was already retired from the army for two years. You know, I, I grew up faithful. I'm, I'm a Catholic and I believe in God. And I was trying to just live life the only way I knew how out of, you know, being out of uniform. So I was, I was doing okay. I thought, um, but you know, that, that the accident was a wake up call for me to, to, I think he was just, God was just telling me, okay, seriously, this is time. It's time to snap out of it. Like you need to start living your purpose. You need to start doing all these things because I thought I was, but I wasn't fully invested yet because I was still dealing with my own depression and anxiety and uh, still trying to find my purpose out of uniform. I didn't, I, I wasn't there yet, but you know, after after the accident is when my husband says, okay, so are you going to learn to live with this? You're going to suffer from it. And I was like, well, so shoot. Let's, let's back the car up just a little bit because yeah. I, I do want to get into after yeah. the accident. Yeah. So so you, you had recently gotten out of the military. Yes. You were navigating what that next chapter of your life is going to look like. So do, do you feel like you were just kind of running on idle? Like there wasn't any like any real motivations for you. It was just kind of checking checking the boxes on a daily basis. What was your relationship like with your husband, your kids? Like, were you connected to them, or did you just feel that you were going through the motions? That was what you said about checking the boxes. That was exactly it because I had just so it was I was we were just PCS from Fort Polk, Louisiana. We were in the midst of settling in Virginia, and I was prepping my daughter to go to college. So we were all it was just busy. It was so busy. It was there wasn't time for me to just think really. I was just trying to focus on oh my gosh, she's moving out of state, and I I was just yeah I was just on idle really. I was just going through the motions, not not really so living. So you're married. Yes. Is your husband a, a military spouse or was he also in the military? Uh, yes, sir. He's still active duty. Okay. Yes. So so you're a military spouse yes. as well as a U.S. veteran now. Yes. And, and you were mentioning that you had a child getting ready to go to school. Yes. And so it's just one child or how many children do you have? I have two. My, my son's 19. My daughter's 22. Okay. And then I'm assuming at this time, four years ago it was about to be an empty nesting type situation, right? The other uh, child was already out and this was kind of the, the send off to the next one, uh, you know, the next chapter of her life and then the next chapter of your life. Right. So walk us through what happened that day from the time that you got into the car until the accident, as much as you can, we don't, you know, we don't sure. want you to have to, get too emotionally invested into it, but we really want to understand the world through your perspective that day. Sure. So I mentioned before we had PCS from Fort Polk. So we left a lot of our, our things there in storage. So our plan was we were all going to uproot to Virginia, but I was going to fly my daughter back and rent a car, drive up to Houston, um, the area where she attends school. So we did that and we, we drove back. We were just talking about school. Just, I was getting all sad because, you know, she was really leaving this time. And um, we got to Louisiana. We spent the night. The next morning, we were getting ready to to head up towards Houston. And it was about nine o'clock in the morning. We got our favorite drinks from Sonic, and we were on the road, just talking about her dorm room and all that, just normal stuff. And um, all of a sudden, so, so j just real quick, right. Anne, it was you and your daughter yes. that were in the vehicle. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. Yes. Okay. Please continue. Oh, sure. Yes. So we were both both in the vehicle heading towards Houston and uh, talking about her dorm room. And, and the next thing I heard was mom. And I turn and um, a car just hit us head on. And um, there was apparently there was three other two other cars in front of me. And then one behind me and it just happened all so fast like dr harris had said and we flipped five times and the next thing you know we, i was upside down and i was like what just i was in shock right so i wasn't crying or anything i was just like okay um i heard my daughter crying she was screaming you know my leg my leg and i looked over her and i was like okay just don't move and she was more concerned about me and i was more concerned about her um bunch of sirens and just uh, uh strangers coming up paramedics but the the one thing i kept saying and, and i mentioned this specifically because before this years prior i was in the i was in severe depression where i thought that um I couldn't live anymore, right? So during this time of the accident, I was upside down. All I kept saying was, I don't want to die. Please, God, don't let me die. And um, ironic, isn't it? It is so ironic. So I'm sitting there praying and and um a stranger came up. I don't, you know, I don't even remember. A stranger paramedic, I don't know who it was, and she says, Can I pray with you? <laughs> I was like, Yes, oh my God. So um that, yeah, it just, we, I got the brunt of the injuries and I say thankfully because I would never want, I would never have wanted her to go through what I did. And so they took her to a separate hospital because she, I say just broken a leg because thankfully that was just what it was. And I was separated from her, you know, so I was, I was put in, I had to be, um, um, medevaced, airvaced. I can't even think of the right way to say it. Uh, and all I kept wondering was, you know, where's my daughter? So, okay. So the, it happens like just the way that they say it happens, yeah. just like in the movies, yeah. like one minute it's a snap. And then the next minute you're rolling five times. Right. 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 So as you're rolling this five times, does it almost feel like that you're out of time? You know, because they say time, it's relative. Like in this moment, does it just seem like that it's an eternity and a, and a second all at the same time? Or what was that like? Or do you remember any of that? Like, was it just so quick that your brain just couldn't process? It, it happened quick. I don't, I remember going, no, I just remember realizing I was upside down. Like it was just... I don't even, I didn't even know we rolled five times. Someone told me we did based on the location of the car from the highway. <laughs> so oh, it was like, holy cow, um, five times. And so, yeah, it's just. So, so the accident is severe enough that you're metafact out of it. Meaning, you know, for our listeners that don't know, that means you're on a helicopter going to a destination and then your daughter is actually put into an ambulance yes. and we don't know where she's going yes. at this point. Right. Okay. Well, I have some more, but doc, do you have anything? Listening. I, I, I gotta be honest with you. Um, I'm sitting here reliving that accident I had in ways. I yeah. Um, uh, I, I can only, I can only imagine, well, 
I, I've actually went through, you know, my own thing when I was 17 years old, but, um, okay. So, so we get to a point to where we are in the helicopter. Mm -hmm. Now being in the helicopter, are you more conscious? Are you in and out? Have they, have they triaged? Do you remember the ride? Like what, you know, what's going on at this time for you? I remember I was in pain and they couldn't find my vein. So they couldn't give me any medication. <laughs> so I was, oh. I had broken uh, all the toes on my foot, on my left foot. And so I just remember trying to stretch out my leg. I'm like, why can't I stretch it out? It's because I broke it. <laughs> broke my whole leg but they couldn't oh give me God. any medication so i was i just kept wondering where's you know where's my daughter going you know just make sure she's okay because i'll back it up a minute i i could never remember my son's phone number to i could never and we we're so used to just looking at our cell phone but that instant well, i mean it's easy and you just look through your phone right? son and press send right well, i didn't have my phone <laughs> because it was in the back of the you know the jeep the the rental car that we had um but i was conscious enough to say grab my bag my phone is in there somewhere and call my son and i remembered his number just just like that um because of, we couldn't get a hold of my husband so um, I just wanted to make sure that somebody knew that we were separated and we were going to, you know, someone needed to be with her. That was all I was concerned about was who was going to be with her. So let me get this straight. You, you, you flipped the car five times. Mm -hmm. You're behind the wheel, mm -hmm. right? Your daughter's God knows where you just know that she was in a tremendous amount of pain, mm -hmm. right? You're on a helicopter now, mm -hmm. right? Flying to you have no idea because I'm sure that you're disoriented. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that's going through your mind at this time is your kids. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you a tough question mm -hmm. here. Okay. Prior to this accident, with you checking the boxes and going through the motions and always being busy, did it feel like that your mind was so much more clouded? And in the moment of being in that helicopter, you were hyper focused like was that part of the change for you was like your your mind was just specifically clear of what mattered the most to you in that moment or were they the same you know was there a difference between and before and and in this moment in the helicopter it was definitely different because i can imagine not not being around you know like that the only thing that mattered was my kids and, and being alive and surviving the thing, that was the only thing that mattered at that moment. And I was so clear about it. Did you think it was your fault? I know, you know, I, I knew I felt bad. I felt guilty, but I knew it wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. I We were focused on driving. It wasn't like I was playing with the radio station or I was on the phone. I, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, we just... It was a two-lane highway, and I was on my side of the road, and that was it. <laughs> so you just really thought about in that helicopter ride, not not a level of guilt, but more so, wow, like how out of connection have I been with my life and myself and my kids, and now I just realize like how much I love them, and especially my daughter, and I want her to be okay. Is that fair? Yes, absolutely. Wow. Well, we're going to go to break, but when we come back, um, I'm sure the doc will have a lot to unpack. We'll be back right after this.
Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message, let's ride. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jackson. I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris, and we are continuing our Thankfully Living Your Why series with this episode called A Butterfly's Wings. And we're talking to Ann Witt. Doc, like, I can just see you reeling over there and, and being back in that moment in your accident and knowing that a young girl lost her life. How is Ann unpacking? you know, these moments, how, how is it affecting you up into this point? <laughs> to be honest with you, I've heard maybe every 12th word that you guys have been saying. I keep coming in and out. Yeah. It's just very interesting to me because um, I'm putting things together. I'm like, you know, I still won't look to the left or right when I see an accident that I have to pass. I try to look straight ahead. Yeah, I used to be curious, you know, how you slow down. Ooh, I hope everyone's okay. Um, that sort of thing. I don't even go there now. And I don't think I, well, I don't know. I can't say when it was. I remembered it like I am now, but I'm sitting here because I jumped out of my car and ran up to see what was up with the car in front of me because I was in shock. You don't think anything's wrong with you unless you. I didn't break anything. I was very fortunate that way. I was in a bigger car and she was in one of those little smart cars or whatever you call them that, that looked like a shoebox, one of those. And I remember I just, they asked, people came after me, no, no, you should sit down, sit down. And I said, but they said, did you, is she okay? And I said, well, she's knocked out. I thought she was unconscious, even though her eyes were open. It hadn't registered to me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's true that you hear all the time. You cannot unhear what you've heard. You cannot unsee what you've seen, you know, but you also in many cases yeah. cannot unfeel what you felt. So, and um, you get, obviously we know that, you know, uh, you get to the hospital because you wouldn't be here, obviously mm -hmm. four years ago. Um, we're assuming that, you know, uh, things recover well with your daughter, but I want to kind of talk about that a little bit later. Maybe the doc might want to, but I really want to get into this next section. What does this new lease on life start to look like for you? after you know you go through the recovery and all this kind of stuff because this was a pivotal moment um that you kind of explained to us you know offline and some of the talking that we've done so what's the difference between and then and and now in your daily life i have this conversation with my daughter a lot because we we have definitely looked at life differently um we shouldn't have we should not have survived that accident and we did so what was our purpose going to be she chose to um postpone school to stay with me but she went back and that's what we wanted her to do i had to tell her that i was okay and i was going to be okay that you needed to go on and 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 uh, live your life and i had to learn to stop feeling sorry for myself because i went through stages of um 
a wheelchair and then a walker and then a cane. And I was always pissed off, you know, like, why me? And it was very humbling and very difficult to go through physical therapy because before that I was fine. But now, you know, I can't run and I can um, only walk certain distances. And so I get mad, but then I have to reel myself back in and think, okay, well, at least I'm walking. At least, at least you're breathing. At least I'm right? breathing. Like I mean, let, let's you know, you know let's really peel <laughs> let's just, it down to the core of the onion. And so I have to. And when I get to those moments, my husband's, you know, he has to. He's a straight. He's so military. Um, he has to just tell me how it is. Like seriously, what are you? What are you complaining about? I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. I'm I'm here. And so what am I going to do with that life now? And so that's where I was really serious. I was like, okay. I had my year of boohooing. Now, what am I going to do? And I woke up. So, so, uh, and, and and chime in any time here, Doc. So, so, what did you do? I started a podcast. I wrote a book. Like I was anything I could do to help others try to heal while I was healing myself. Like I wanted to create a space because I felt like for so many years, decades, I didn't have a space to talk, to speak. And so I, this, it was, I was like, I was all in, you know, I, I, this is, this was my time to try to get it out there. And that's what I did. It's been nonstop since. Why, why was it important to, to think about the journey of other people while you were navigating this path by yourself? I, for some reason, I felt like this is what, this, what my, this is what my purpose was. I was completely devastated that I was, that I was um, not forced out. I, I was given the option to retire early. I was still not okay with that. And I had to, find a way to find a purpose and helping others was my purpose. That That's just what, that's just what it is. I, I can't explain it other than that. I think that's why I'm still here is because my, it, I'm not done yet. You weren't finished. And I have, I have not finished right. and I have to, I have to keep going. And when it's time, you know, I think he'll tell me. And he obviously told me it wasn't. So. One thing I'll say is, because even though I don't think there were any fatal fatalities in yours, were there? Um, no, there wasn't. There was not. Thank goodness. And but still the same outcome. Because all I'm thinking about now is, you know, I dealt with that survivor's guilt. You know, mm -hmm. I was a, you know, fifty-one year old man, and this was a sixteen-year-old girl. Um, but. So I'm speaking to the survivor's guilt thing. And I hear that you dealt with it too because you said we should not have survived. And that to me is a bold statement. Um, I mean, I can understand, you know, I don't know how we survived. It's just a miracle how we survived. But a lot of people will say that we should not have. Well, yes, you should have. So it's about turning, which exactly is what you've done, turning survivor's guilt there needs to be another part of that that can be in the same conversation, which is survivor's grit. Because oh, it does yeah. force us to, mm -hmm. to look at things just right there in your face, no matter how 
something like that turns out. Um, and so I just want to commend you and applaud you because I know it could not have been easy. And you have to look at someone who shared it with you all the time. See, I don't have that kind of a trigger, right. you know, but you do, but we have our own, everybody's got their own cross to bear. So hats off right. to you. That That's a really okay. good point. Mm -hmm. Do you look at your daughter at, at any point in time and then immediately go back to that moment of looking over at her and, you know, seeing her screaming? I look at her and my heart just swells because I tell you what, from almost not making it to postponing school to finishing out school and now she's going to grad school, I'm so proud of her. It's okay. We get emotional on here. <laughs> you can let it rip. She's and she's gone through a lot and now she's getting her master's like, you know, it's just, she's been through so much and I'm, I'm just so proud that she's gotten this far because she couldn't let it hold her back, you know, but we had to continue to well keep pushing her. Go ahead. No, I'm just going to say these, these stories really do fit that axiom, if you will, that says, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's literal in this case. Mm -hmm. And so I just hope for those who are listening, if you haven't experienced something like we've been discussing here today, hope that you never pray that you never do or never have to, but still understand it in those smaller things. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger if you give it permission to, because you got to yes. face it. You got to face yes. it, right? You know, that's the thing about purpose. No, no matter what it looks like, it's never about just one thing. And it works on a two-prong um, factoring system, in my opinion. Number one, it's on a need-to-know basis. Mm -hmm. So you learn more about that. I'm still learning right here in this chair in this hour right. about something nine years ago and about myself nine years ago in the me of today. So it has a box inside of a box inside of a box inside of a box. It's a nesting effect and it saves us from what we can't handle by operating on a need to know basis. I believe you and your daughter will still be unpacking things about yourselves in that day, um, most likely for the rest of your lives. What do you think about that? I think so, yeah. but it's how we deal with it. I think that's the biggest thing. What about gratitude? New definition, post-accident. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Every, everything that I do, I could not do it without him. You know, like he's gotten me through so much and I'm grateful every day that I get to wake up and do whatever. If I want to sleep in, I get to sleep in. It's not, I have to, as I get to. So that's how I have to look at it. That's how, that's how I get to look at it. Right. Well, you, you've put this sentiment into action, and I, I really want our, our listeners to, to understand. So just a quick recap, you went from checking the boxes to now blazing as a pioneer. So walk us through some of the exciting things that are happening now of you saying, I'm going to live that life every day with gratitude. So what have you been up to? Oh gosh. Well, I, I've had to learn to 
let's see, how to get myself through imposter syndrome. <laughs> I, I suffered from that a lot because I used to compare like, how, why not me? You know, but now I, I know that what I'm doing is my, my path, my journey. And so I uh, decided to apply to music, music school. And I've had several ask me, what in the heck are you doing? And I said, trust me, there's a method to my madness. And somehow I got accepted and um, I endured six gr grueling months of school. And, um, and I know that he would not have gotten me through it unless there was a reason for it because it was not easy whatsoever. And so that's what I want to do now is I want to write music. I want to create music from those of us that are suffering in silence, you know, and I know that there's a lot of artists out there, big name artists who do that, but you know, now there's, there's someone like me, the little people who, who want to help rise everybody else up. And that's what I want to do. Oh, I think that's beautiful. And, you know, it's interesting because when Merle Haggard was first getting started in music, he went to Johnny Cash. And at that time, country music was very, very conservative group of folks. And Merle Haggard had actually been to prison. Now, it was male fraud. It was kind of like a technicality of how he winded, wound up in jail. But still, nonetheless, perception is reality. And so Johnny Cash just told him, you know, uh, write what you know. And so how serendipitous is it that your heart is compelled to want to support people through music and, and song and connection. And now you have this whole library of everything from checking the boxes before the accident to going through the accident and different things that you've been through to be your catalog of, of your emotional vault of, of lyrics and, and writing what you know. Yes. No, I, I love that. And I know you and I had a, several conversations on what the heck I was doing. Um, but I just knew that in my heart, this is, if I get accepted, this is what I'm going to do. And, and I did and I, and I did it. And now I'm going to continue doing it. And I think one of the, one of the things that I love to tell other people is just do what sets your soul on fire. It might not make sense to other people because it sure didn't make sense to any of my, my people, but it was something I, I wanted that I needed and, and I'm doing it. So Thank you, I just need to keep pushing forward. So, Anne, I want to ask you, first of all, I want to say congratulations because I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm quite familiar with um, MIT and uh, have had roommates when I lived in Hollywood years ago. MIT was a new school, but they were putting out stars. Michael Jackson picked up uh, Jennifer from there, his guitar player. And um, I had a roommate that was a bass player and a drummer that both graduated from there. And they're still working in the industry today. Um, and it's not an easy road, that school. It's like the Juilliard of the West Coast in a way. And so I just want to ask, where would people go to find some of this healing that is inside of your work. Um, is it out yet? Is it coming out? What are your plans on getting it to us, the public? So I am actually working on two songs that will be released next year. And um, Congratulations. yeah, just, 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 uh, just keep, keep watching out, but it'll, it'll be out next year. <laughs> and uh, um, I, I know she'll be angry for me. Uh, saying this, but my daughter's the singer. So I'm, I'm just really proud of her. She's the vocalist and we both co-wrote it. So I love it. That's awesome. So I got one more question about this. Now that you're through it, 
those people that thought you'd lost your cotton pick in mind uh, by applying to music school, then actually going to music school. And now you've finished music school. So what say they now? I always knew it. Um, got room for me on one of your, you know, um, can I get an autograph or you know, what, what's that? What's the vibe like now? And I, you know, I, I, I say, do it. If that's what you want to do, do it. It was hard as hell, but I, I'm really grateful to have been able to, to learn from such amazing um, instructors. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm still in shock that I finished <laughs> with all passing grades and I'm still in shock that I'm actually working on, on a song. And I just, you know, I, I prayed about it a lot because there were times where I didn't think I was going to make it. And, um, you know, even talking to, to Cowboy Jacks over here, I had to come up with an artist name. I'm like, what the heck? Am I going to call myself? I'm supposed to be this person. I don't know how to be this other person. So we had many conversations about identity crisis. And, you know, I, I just went with my heart. I really did. Prayers and, and my heart. And, and that's where it's going to go. So, you know, like I said before, do what sets your soul on fire. I want to say this it. to you as a piece of encouragement as we kind of wrap this up with you. Um, I want you to know you've done more than just open the door for yourself to be able to write songs. Uh, because what you've really done is you've now invested in your soul's thirst, that thing that we come here, our souls are thirsty for specific um, journeys. And you know, yeah, we, we loved the military, all of us here. However, that is not my soul's thirst. You know, it was not, it is not, and I'm glad it was not because I would have been pouring everything into the building of someone else's dreams um, because that was not my, my life's dream. I didn't know that at the time, but the good part is you're leaving something now that, you know, our DNA and our fingerprints can't speak to. And that is our story. Um, people will be able to find these songs for hundreds of years. And that's got to be a great feeling. So again, pat yourself on the back. Uh, that's no small feat. Thank you very much. Well, Anne, when this record comes out or these songs with your beautiful songbird daughter, uh, we'll have to have you back on the show. But as always, we're out of time. Uh, we really, really appreciate you being on the show and, and sharing such a traumatic moment in transformation of Butterfly's Wings today with us. We'll be back right after this with our final thoughts. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message, let's ride. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris, and we are continuing our Thankfully Living Your Why series. And today's episode was called A Butterfly's Wings. Doc just floored right now. So many good nuggets came out of, of the show today. How are you feeling? Well, I'm going to tell you, now that she's gone, um, I can speak freely. I just want to say this, the butterfly thing. You know, when I look at Anne and where she is as, because I knew her before she went into the school, the music piece. Um, 
with her her other thing she does, uh, a wild ride called Life. And, you know, she really was riding, uh, you know, her way to where she's at today. And I am, I get it when the she says people were shocked because I would have never thought in a million years this girl would go and do what she's done. I would have never, if you'd have, if we'd have placed bets, I'd have put all my money on, no way, not her. She was so shy and she was so timid and, you know, to do what she did. And I didn't even really hear about it until she was in like 90% of the way through it. I think it's just incredible. And it truly speaks to the importance of constantly moving forward, even if you got to crawl on your belly. Just keep going, keep going. Because, you know, purpose can choose us, but it's not a full, complete two-way feed until we choose it in return. And she clearly chose wisely. Well, and and uh, I mean, let's think about it. Like, he, here's a woman that goes from being mom, being kids, you know, uh, or I'm sorry, being a wife. Obviously, kids are a part of that. Uh, being mom and and checking the boxes, just kind of you know getting ready to be an empty nester. This literally life changing moment happens, and then it it's almost like the clarity just slowly but surely starts to evolve and align. Right? I I know now that I want to be alive. I know now that not only do I want to be alive, but I also want to promote the the best aspects of life that I possibly can by by giving the world emotion and feeling and connection and you know I got to say folks um, out there listening like that's that's not like it's just a standard you know check in the box type situation like when when you make a decision to make a commitment of of that magnitude even without the execution just making the commitment alone um is a very interesting journey uh well it it really is sorry to butt in there but i just thought of this and i want to make sure we get this piece in there because i've i i get it and i know that Anne gets it oftentimes you know this is part of turn what we were saying turn survivor's guilt into survivor's grit you get to the point, you get to the place, because it did with me too, after that accident, where all I could think about for a long time was what if I had been the one, what if I had died? What if I had not made, what would have died with me? And that is what changed me into who I am today. It started the conveyor belt. You know, I just want to say, this will be my last little piece, I think, um, but when we find ourselves inside of things that fall within this realm of butterfly effect is to remember, you know, nothing is ever about just one thing. It is never about just one thing. And in Anne's case, she, you know, she, I know what she dealt with. I know that backstory about the military and how, you know, she was, her goal was to get to the very top and she kept getting passed over and it was nothing she was doing wrong. But what it was is that's the universe. That's God. That's whatever you believe to be greater than you saying, listen, you have given these people as much of your passion as they deserve. Mm. Now take what is still here and what is yet to come and give it to the world. 
And man, I don't think any one of us would want to leave this world, this journey without that opportunity. So however you find it and however it finds you, I highly encourage you to wrap everything within you around it and just go. Keep going, getting through and pushing through. Final thoughts, Doc? I thought that was. I'm just okay, kidding. Great. I just, I'm very encouraged. No, I can, I, just, I can see it all over your face. Like I really am. And I just want to say to Anne, if she's still out there listening or listening to the broadcast or anyone who is in their own way, and Anne, you know, don't judge your potential by anything other than what you feel in your heart. No one could have ever known what was inside her heart as far as these songs. And we still don't know the extent of it. We could see her on a stage next year getting a Grammy or an American Music Award or a Country Music Award for a song that she wrote or co-wrote or was on the project of. And I think there's a lot of us who miss those, those soul opportunities because we think that something was bad, that it was, you know, or that we were lucky. She didn't think that she was lucky that she got out of that accident unscarred because she didn't. She felt that she was lucky to keep going to bring these things to the world that otherwise may have never found. It's beautiful. Well, folks, my final thoughts are this. Um, Embrace your trauma, embrace your pain. You know, um, you got to ask yourself, you know, why not? Not necessarily, you know, why, why me in this moment? Because what you will find when you start to change that process or that process finds you and you have to change it, your, you know, that it changes on its own is that you are step-by-step step becoming what you were intended to be. So it doesn't matter if it's a victory. It doesn't matter if it's a defeat. It doesn't matter if it's a trauma. It's happening to you because it is building you to be what you were intended to be. And to you know, steal from uh, Ann Witt today, do what sets your soul on fire because whether mm. you realize it or not whether you want to accept it or not you will become what you were intended to be with or without your help until next time i'm cowboy jacks with my good friend dr lauren michaels harris and we'll see you on the next episode of license for love the heartbeat in relationship conversation bye-bye you're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jacks and Lauren Michaels Harris. The heartbeat in relationship conversation.